Uh, well, this morning we are going to look at some scripture together, kind of like we do. Uh, and we're going to engage in some discussion. And throughout January, we're kind of, as you may have noticed, we don't really have a branded series here. And for you brand snobs, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to give some time and space for us to talk kind of in popcorn fashion about a number of different topics um, that can inform our 2019 year and some states and postures of life that we can take to really set us up uh, to hear from the Lord clearly this year, to feast and dig into his scriptures. Uh, and to plug into the greater body of Christ. And so this morning, uh, we're going to look at some beautiful scriptures together. We're going to talk through some things, and um, we're going to see what the Lord has to say to us. Sound good? Great. Okay. Uh, We're going to title this morning's message, A Life of Listening. A Life of Listening. And let's do that, actually, right now. Let's close our eyes, as we always do. And let's come before the Lord and just be still for a second. And you know, I'm well aware that when we come into spaces like these, be it young adults, Sunday mornings, Friday nights, wherever we're plugged in here at the church, uh, I'm well aware that some of us can just stumble into these spaces and some of us can feel like we have nothing left in the tank. Uh, Maybe this weekend uh, just felt like the bottom fell out of life. Maybe a relationship is going sideways. Maybe there's some dysfunction in your family that's really come to a head. Uh, Maybe life is just not making sense right now, and it's marked by disorientation. But I want to take a step in faith really quick and do something a little bit different that we don't always do. But I just want to start by just fanning the flame in our hearts a little bit. And instead of just sitting here and saying, all right, Lord, let me consume, let me eat, let me eat, let me eat, physical food and the scriptures, just ah, gorge, just come to the Lord and let's just thank him for a second and and pour out our love to him. So if you want to whisper, if you want to say things just in your own soul, if you want to say things out loud, let's just take just a quick second and just tell the Lord how much we love him, how much he means to us, how thankful we are for him, Father. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Oh, we love you and we need you. We thank you. Thank you for breath in our lungs. Thank you for the mountains. Thank you for the snow and the sunshine. Thank you for these people. Thank you for food in our bellies and caffeine in our systems. Thank you, Lord, that life just makes sense with you. Oh, we love you and we need you and we long for you. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, that any part of our souls this morning that's outside the four walls of your kingdom, any rogue emotion, any rogue thought, any rogue desire, any situation that has just drifted a little bit, Holy Spirit, this morning, would you bring us back? Would you realign us? Would you reorient us into the kingdom? And would you help us to live the entirety of our lives, mind, body, soul, spirit, all for you? Let us live for you. In you, we live and move and have our being. Let the entirety of our lives be marked by love and adoration and affection for you. We pray this morning as we uh, look into some scripture and as we dig in to uh, this gift of the word of God that you've given us, we pray that you would teach us and instruct us and that you, Holy Spirit, would guide us into all truth and that you would make a space here to dwell with us. 
Grant it, we ask. Can we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And the young adult said, amen, amen. You guys awake? You alive? You ready to do this thing? All right, the scriptures. Let's sit under them together. Have you ever been misunderstood in life? In a conversation, uh, in a season of life, like, wait, I, I don't think we're on the same page here. Uh, this past week, I was overseas in the UK, and it's funny how in different countries, sometimes you can speak the same English language, and yet you're misunderstood. Like, I'm going to the UK expecting, okay, I, I, I've been there, but I have to, like, bridle my accent a little bit, but we're going to be fine. There's no language barrier here. And I'm jumping in taxis and cabs and buses, and I think I'm being very clear, but I'm apparently not. I'm like, hey, we're looking for Gloucester Green Station. Oh, yeah, Gloucester Green is just in the bus, and then you're rocking back, and then it's in the restaurant to the right. Gloucester Green, like, I, I don't know, I don't know, speaking the same language, but just being misunderstood, there being some lost in translation happening. Have you ever felt that way? I think it's a familiar feeling in our lives of faith, actually, is just feeling like we're misunderstanding something. We're trying to wrap our heads and hearts around something, maybe the scriptures say, a bit of theology, a discrepancy of what the Holy Scripture says and what our present reality looks like. Just misunderstanding, missing, missing. And I think uh, we, can, we can tend to misunderstand a number of things in our life of faith, but I think one of the biggest areas of misunderstanding for us often surrounds the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit has a lot of cloud and misunderstanding surrounding him when it comes to our theology and our understanding of what the scriptures say about him. Um, But it's in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit that our life and faith is lived out. So if there's misunderstanding of who the Holy Spirit is, and his greater work in our lives, well then our life of faith is going to feel disorienting. Our life of faith is going to feel muddy. It's going to feel like, what is, what is, what is happening here? Um, and so understanding the Holy Spirit is key to really living out a, an, equal, uh, an equalized and balanced uh, life of faith. And so I want to look at some scripture this morning. I want to look at what the scriptures and specifically what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit in the scriptures and his work in our lives and then suggest um, some meager thoughts about uh, how we ought to respond to that. And then we'll kind of frame discussions around there. But I want to start this morning with John chapter 16. If you got your Bibles, turn to John 16. It's going to be up on the screen as well. We're going verse 7 to 15. This will be a familiar passage of scripture to some of you, but here's what Jesus says. In a little bit of context here, Jesus is having one final hurrah of teaching with his disciples. Jesus is about to go to the cross. They're currently in Jerusalem. Uh, And actually, these uh, words that he gives, John puts them smack dab in the middle of the Last Supper. So they're breaking bread. Jesus is articulating his death that's about to come and the uh, enormity that that's going to have both on their lives, uh, marking them with sorrow for a season, but also the, uh, the salvation work that will be accomplished through his broken body and shed blood. And Jesus says these words to his disciples, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Everybody say the helper. Everybody say the helper. But if I go, I will send him to you. 
And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that, I, all that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus is articulating the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit to the life of believers. And uh, he communicates that there are two different shapes and spheres of the Holy Spirit's ministry on the earth. So he's saying, when I leave, when I'm crucified, and when I uh, raise again, and when I'm ascending up to the right hand of the Father, and I will come again in, in glory to judge the living and the dead, as the Nicene Creed tells us, he's saying that when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to do two primary things. First off, there's going to be a corporate kind of ministry that the Holy Spirit engages in, and that is a ministry of judgment, that he's going to judge the world of sin. Uh, he's going to judge the world and righteousness, and this is the corporate element. But then he also says that the Holy Spirit will have a very distinct role in the life of every single believer, a private role, a specific and individual role, if you will. And that role is to guide you into all truth. That he will be the one who not only is with you, but is in you. He is the one who journeys with you. He is the one that unpacks scriptures to you. He is the one that will extend my teaching and my ministry to you. So the Holy Spirit, in the words and idea of Jesus, is the one who continues the teaching ministry of Jesus. Jesus says, I have many things to tell you, and the Holy Spirit will continue that. He's the one who guides us into all truth. And so I think that um, we see clearly this presupposition of Jesus in teaching about the Holy Spirit that we do not have the power to guide ourselves into all truth. Uh, forget about it. You do not have it in yourself to lead yourself into the truth, but you need a helper. You need a paraclete. You need an advocate. You need God himself, the Holy Spirit, to guide you into the ways of truth. And so I would say it this way, that one of the primary activities of the Holy Spirit in our lives is shepherding us into the life and truth of the kingdom. And very often, we can equate the Holy Spirit with the warm fuzzies, right? The Holy Spirit exists to make us feel good. And I'll, I don't feel you this morning, Lord, so where are you? And sometimes we equate the Holy Spirit with the gifts that he gives, uh, that he's the one who just kicks the door in on church services and spices things up a little bit, right? Prophecy, whoa, over there. Okay, tongues, oh, over there. And that these are the primary expressions of the Spirit. And though they are, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is the one who guides us into truth. The teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit is one of the primary facets of the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives. And one of the primary activities that he's after in our lives is wooing us into kingdom life and truth. He's the one that walks with us. He's the one that says, hey, the way you're living is not really kingdom right now. 
but I'm going to take you into deeper waters of kingdom life. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He's not here to spread good vibes, but he's here to call us and to guide us into the truth. He is the one who the psalmist says in Psalm 139, where can I flee from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? Do you know this passage? If I rise to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I uh, take on the wings of the morning and dwell on the furthest parts of the sea, even there your right hand will lead me and you will hold me fast. When I awake, I am still with you. This omnipresence of the Holy Spirit with us, leading and guiding us and provoking us into deeper levels of life and truth in the kingdom. Let's talk about this at our tables with this discussion question. Let's get real and practical with this thing. Here's the question. What do you uh, find significant about this teaching role of the Holy Spirit in our lives? What sticks out to you? What do you find significant? What's this all about for you? How are you understanding this? Uh, Go ahead, take some time at your tables, talk about it for about eight to ten minutes, and then we'll pick this thing back up in just a couple. All right. Bless you as you discuss. All right. You guys can go ahead, wrap up those discussions, bring those to a close. Okay, okay, great. Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. A lot of us know this already, um, and we've heard this, but let's, um, let's dig into this. What does this mean practically for us? Like, how exactly do we quantify the Holy Spirit's role in our lives? How does this ministry um, of guiding us into all truth look for us? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to answer it. Uh, I would say that if the Holy Spirit is about guiding us into truth, then we should be about posturing our lives to listen for him. That if, in fact, Jesus uh, spoke of the Holy Spirit in the primary way that he would be the one who reveals to us the truth, and not just says it from a distance, but again is with us and in us and empowers us, uh, and, and personally it leads us into the, the, the discovery of truth, well, then we need to be a people who are marked by a posture in life that is listening and that is leaning in and that is saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And not in a weird, ethereal, new agey kind of way, but Lord, I know. I know that you're with me. Jesus, you promised that the Holy Spirit would be with me, and Holy Spirit, you're here. So what are you saying? What are you doing? How are you at work in my life? And I think we need to define the terms a little bit, because I think when we hear listening, the word listening, many of us, if not all of us, may be thinking of a monk sitting maybe in the desert in the early 400s, right? The desert fathers, the monastics. Uh, We may hear of somebody sitting in a room by themselves with nothing going on in complete silence. And silence and solitude is a crucial part of listening. God speaks to us through silence and solitude. We see that in the witness of scripture, but also in the testimony of church history at large. But listening is not just these inner voices and sensings in our lives, but God also speaks to us in a number of different ways, doesn't he? He speaks to us through people, He speaks to us through circumstances. Uh, Yes, he speaks to us through like inner longings and sensings, even our our desires he speaks to us through. Uh, One thing I'm finding the Lord is speaking to me through right now is a nagging sense of uh, do this, do it, do it, do it, do it, or don't do this. Hey, don't do that. You better not do that. Stay away. Uh, For me right now, you know, we just had our third boy, Jensen David, uh, which is why one of the reasons I was out for so long, because I was on paternity leave. I'll take those two hand claps. Thank you. Take them to the emotional bank. 
Jensen is beautiful and he is gorgeous and he is a light in our lives. But there's something that just gets in your bones at 3.30 in the morning when the same monotonous baby cry is happening for about a half hour. Wah! 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 And I've done like three seconds of it and you're already like, dude, shut up. This is my reality right now. And what I'm learning and what the Holy Spirit is doing in me right now is that nagging sense of patience patience. Be patient to your boys. Be an exceedingly gentle father to your boys right now. Or our second born, Ezra. He's sitting in his high chair. He's just over a year right now. He can't talk, but he really, really likes food. Like the boy is a foodie to the core. If he had an Instagram, his feed would be plastered with pictures of food because he's all about it. But he can't tell us when he wants food. All he can do is like just flail his arms and do like grunts. (laughs) It's like, okay, and that for 15 minutes is like, Lord, help me. Patience, patience, Josh, patience. My three-year-old, our third boy, firstborn, when he's coughing in my face, like his open, just, that requires patience. And I'm feeling the nagging of the Holy Spirit. Josh, patience, patience. And I don't know if some of you are feeling those naggings in your life, the tender naggings of the Lord stirring you and spurring you into deeper levels of kingdom life, patience, self-control, love, tenderness, gentleness, uh, all the fruits of the spirit that we read about, these things that he's provoking us into, or these things that he's throwing red lights and sirens to us and saying, stay the heck away from those. Do not touch that sin. That is going to destroy you from the inside out. Jump ship on this relationship. This is as toxic as it can be for your own sake. Steer clear. uh, Establish some boundaries. Build a buffer. The nagging sense. Do this. Don't do it. These are kind of things that the Holy Spirit speaks to us in ways that he leads us and guides us into the truth. And it always, 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 and this came up at our table, it always aligns with what? The scriptures. I can't tell you how many times I've sat with people and they're telling me, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit's telling me to, you know, to do this and do this. And I don't want to like throw anybody under the bus or, or disparage any specific circumstances. But like many times what I hear is completely outside the biblical framework of faith. And we need to be sure that we're testing what we're hearing from the Holy Spirit through uh, the, the filter of the Word of God, because then we can actually be sure that it is the Lord speaking, because the Lord of truth will not contradict himself. That was just a side tangent. Just going to throw it out there. But I think one of the most beautiful passages in Scripture that, that illustrate this posture of faith and this, this life of listening is found in 1 Samuel 3. And we don't have it up on the screen, but many of you know this story. Uh, Samuel, who's a young boy, he's growing up in the temple of the Lord. Uh, He's growing up in the priesthood. He has Eli, the high priest, who is kind of uh, helping him cut his teeth and show him the ropes about what this priesthood thing looks like. And one night in Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 3, Samuel is asleep and he hears the Lord wake him up, right? We've heard this in Sunday school. Uh, Samuel. And he wakes up. He says, here I am. And he runs to Eli. And Eli's like, dude, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep, okay? The Lord's saying to Eli, patience, patience. And so Samuel goes and lays down and hears it again. Samuel, okay, here I am, Eli. Eli's like, dude, you're just messing with me now. Like, go back to bed, get some sleep. He's not wise to it yet. But then on the third time, Samuel uh, hears. 
And he says, uh, here I am. And Eli says, oh, I know what's going on here. The Lord is calling you. And you need to listen for this. And Eli gives Samuel this beautiful uh, charge. He says, okay, go back, lie down, and listen. And I think this is the posture of our life of faith. This is a beautiful picture of what a life of faith with the Lord looks like. It's lying down and it's listening. It's bringing our ambitions and it's bringing our desires and it's bringing our uh, ferocity in charging the hill in life and making a name for ourselves and landing that job that we want and getting married because my gosh, I've been single for the last 10 years of my life and it's, it's, it's charging the hill with life and doing everything on our terms. But lying down and listening is putting our ambitions and our desires under the lordship of Jesus and saying, Lord, here I am. Your servant is listening. And posturing our lives to see the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and to to be alert and attentive and fully awake. Yes, in times of silence and solitude, but an overall posture of life where we're saying, Lord, how are you at work in my story right now? Who's in front of me that I can be salt and light to? Uh, Who's in front of me that just needs a glass of cold water in the desert? Uh, what parts of my life are, are absolutely uh, cataclysmically destroyed because of sin or because of addiction or because of me hardening my heart towards you? What are those areas that I can let you in and allow you to work in my life? It's this posture of listening, this posture of looking and watching and being attentive to all that the Holy Spirit is doing and saying. Now, how does this run against the grain of our lives? Once again, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I think the call to lie down and listen wages war against our instincts to get up and go get it. Once again, we, we long, and I think our motives are in the right place. We long to do great things. We long to have that stable job. We long to just finish our degree that we've changed majors six times in the last year. And we long to take some, some ground in our lives. And we long to be at a place of stability and sweetness and joy. And to get out of maybe the abyss of college and the abyss of applying for jobs and the abyss of singleness, which, by the way, are all vocations in and of themselves, but more to that later. And we so long to like get things done in our lives, but the call to lie down and listen is the call to allow the Lord to order our steps and not acting presumptuously and operating under the assumption that we do the walking and then, well, of course the Lord's with me. Like, I'm going to make decisions, and I'm just going to do what's kind of best for my own interest and the Lord's after that. And, oh, well, I'm just going to choose, and of course the Lord will be ordering my steps. Almost. But we see a different narrative in the New Testament. We see a different way of life. We see a different model uh, given to us as a life postured and listening and being attentive to what the Lord's doing. We see Paul. Not just assuming, well, of course, like I'm, I'm, I'm a messenger to the Gentiles and I've got this vocation and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get some people saved. Let's do it. And we don't see him just making decisions flippantly and assuming that the Holy Spirit is running behind him. But we see him actually leaning in and being sensitive enough at one point in his writings. He says, the Holy Spirit kept me from preaching the gospel in Asia. Like something in me was a resisting force that kept me, uh, it was against
against the grain of my own instincts, but it kept me from going to Asia. And it turned out that the Apostle Paul had a very fruitful ministry because of that in Corinth and in Ephesus and in these, in these churches where he had the writings. We see something that's against the grain in Paul's life at times, but that he's sensitive to and says, yes, that's the Holy Spirit. I'm listening. I'm leaning. We see this again in the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 where they're making these massive doctrinal choices for the church. I don't know if any of you have read this, but they're, uh, they're choosing and they're trying to discern, is circumcision part of this new covenant? Uh, is circumcision in the same way uh, in the, in the uh, Mosaic covenant and under the law and Torah? Like, is this the same qualifier that exists in the old covenant as it does in this new covenant? And there's a pivotal and fulcrum verse in there where they said that it seems right to us and to the Holy Spirit that this should not be so. It seems good to us and to the Holy Spirit not to weigh the Gentiles down with laws of circumcision. The Holy Spirit was speaking and moving and hovering over them and guiding them into truth. And they didn't have the posture of, yeah, I'm going to make some decisions. And of course, the Lord's with me. But they were awake, alert, in tune to what the Holy Spirit was doing among them. And in doing so, the Lord ordered their steps. There was a sensitivity. There was a listening. And the Holy Spirit led them into all truth. And he does the exact same thing for us in our lives. The model is not living presumptuously and assuming that the decision that we're making right in front of us is the best decision. But it's stopping and it's saying, Lord, what do you say in this season? What do you say about this degree plan? What do you say about this girl that I've gone on two dates with and we're technically just hanging out? We're not really dating yet. Or you're in the talking phase. I've lived that. Like, what do you say about this person who's on the burner who I'm potentially going to date? What do you say about this job that I'm applying for? And sometimes the Lord won't speak and we won't feel a nudge. And in that case, it's wisdom. What does the wisdom of the Lord have to say about this? But it's always acting and living in this sensitivity and saying, Holy Spirit, where are you at work in my story? You're the one who guides me into all truth. Where is the truth here? How are you at work? Um, And in doing so, we hear and we position our lives to really uh, keep in step with him, which is what Paul grills into the Galatian church. He says in Galatians 5.25, now that you live by the Spirit, let us, what? Anybody know it? Keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit's with us. The Spirit is in us. Uh, The Spirit is speaking. The Spirit is at work in our story. But the question is, will we be a people who keep in step with him? Will we be a people who are alive and alert and receptive and attentive to all that he's doing? Will we be the people whose lives are marked by lying down and listening and allowing the entirety of our lives to be caught up and and, uh, some even overthrown and reordered and having the chaos of our lives turned to order by the guidance of the Holy Spirit into truth? truth. Amen. Amen. Let's go to one final discussion and then we'll, we'll close in prayer here. But here's the discussion. Uh, what does lying down and listening look for you personally in your life? What does it look like? Uh, how can you lie down and listen? How can you posture yourselves to live uh, attentive and alert to all the Holy Spirit's doing? Okay, so go ahead. Talk about this at your tables for a few minutes and uh, we'll give it about 10 and then we'll pick this thing up and close. All right. Much love. Okay. Um, This is really booming, so I'm going to wait to 
dialed this in a little bit. Thank you for bearing with that awkwardness. We're talking about vulnerability at our tables. Talk about vulnerable, like standing up here, dead microphone. Hey, um, as we close, I, um, you know, praying for you guys and us in this space this, this week, I really felt like uh, some of us are feeling, the, the, just the word that kept coming up is muzzled. Like a lot of us are just feeling muzzled in life. Like we have all this energy and this desire and this passion, and yet there's something like a resistance in our lives. And I don't know if that's for you or anything, but like, it, you know, if you're feeling a bit of resistance or that muzzling, like I really, and I don't want to fill in the blanks for you, but you know, the invitation is, uh, could that be the Holy Spirit pumping the brakes a little bit? And is there invitation for you to go to the Lord and ask the big why, Lord, what are you doing in me in this season? Holy Spirit, how are you guiding me into all truth? And really leaning into that and, and considering that as maybe even a grace of the Lord and not something that's short-circuiting your own desires and passions and agenda for your life. But could that be the Holy Spirit? I don't know. Uh, but just want to table that, do with that what you will. But um, as we close together, let's, let's stand and uh, wrap this thing up and get going. Lord, we thank you that we are your sons and daughters, and we thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit that guides us, the Holy Spirit that teaches us, the Holy Spirit that continues the ministry of Jesus. And so I ask that this week, uh, would you make us a people who are leaning in, who are receptive, who are attentive to all that you're doing in our story? Uh, Would we be the people who are marked by lying down and listening for you? Uh, putting our agenda under the lordship of Jesus, putting our desires and our passions, and just letting you have the first and final word over those things. I pray for clarity and clear eyes, ears, and hearts this week, and I pray that we would see anew your work in our lives. And may we say radical yeses this week and radical noes. May we say the yeses to the things that we need to say yes to and the noes to the things that we need to say no to. And Holy Spirit, would you guide us in that? Uh, We pray that you would send us out of here with grace and peace and let us be light and salt and beacons of hope to everyone we come in contact with. A sweet fragrance of Jesus in our schools and campuses and workplaces and relationships throughout this city for the rest of the week. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the young adults said... Amen. Amen.